Welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats from NC State University's Career Development Center, the only podcast dedicated to providing NC State students with current, relevant, and thought-provoking ideas that will challenge you to think about your future. Whether you want to know more about what hiring managers are really thinking, or you just need to hear an honest and encouraging story about overcoming obstacles to reach your goals, we've got you covered. Wolfpack Career Chats is just one of the many services we provide. Whether it's career fairs, on-campus interviews, co-op opportunities, or more, we are here for the pack. Marcy Bullock, welcome to Wolfpack Career Chats. On the line today, I have Nick Jeffries. Welcome, Nick. Thanks, Marcy. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so glad that you made time for this interview today during a pretty crazy time in your life. You've got things going on on the personal side. Yeah, there's a few things. That, you know, getting married in nine days is a pretty important thing going on. and got a lot going on at work, but obviously the getting married in nine days is pretty exciting. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations, Mazel Tov, as my mom would say. And I would love to um, have you begin the interview today for our listeners telling about yourself, that little elevator pitch. Take it away. Great. So I graduated from NC State in 2008. I grew up in in this area. So I uh, grew up in Southeast Raleigh area, have always loved North Carolina and and, uh, can't see myself living anywhere else. Uh, and now I work at Duke University School of Medicine, uh, which is part of, of Duke Health. And, and there I'm the director of HR and the assistant chief HR officer for Duke School of Medicine. And with that group, I oversee our HR service center and work with all of our departments in the school on HR related items. Uh, and the good thing about Duke School of Medicine, it, it really is fascinating because, as you can imagine, we have some of the most uh, fascinating and brilliant physicians and they're helping train future doctors that, that are going to be working in the area. So at some point, we're all going to need a doctor. So it's an important mission that, that we get to support. And, and it's an exciting type of work. Oh, wow. What a big job to be the director of, of human resources. Can you explain to our audience what that means? What a typical day is like if there is one? Sure. Yeah, I, I know probably a lot of people when you talk to, to them, they say there, there's no typical day. Um, and, and HR is a lot like that, too. I think the, the main things that we work on that people would be familiar with, one is recruitment. So there are a lot of jobs at Duke. We're one of the, I think we're now the largest private employer in the state. And so when you think of something that big, there are a lot of jobs that we have. And, and, and whether they're administrative roles, whether they're physicians, whether they're roles doing research, we do a lot of recruitment for those roles. So we're trying to find top talent and bring them to Duke. So I'm a big part of that. Uh, also, how do we pay employees? What's a, how do we get someone to think, hey, this is a place where I want to be, and this is a fair salary. This is a competitive salary. So, so we look at pay structures and, and how we pay employees. Uh, and then anybody can relate to this, whether it's a family issue you have or a work issue. We have employee relations issues. So you have two employees that don't necessarily get along or a manager and employee that aren't best of friends. How do you work through those issues? And it's funny. A lot of people think those can be difficult issues, and they are. Uh, but people who are good at that are usually people who are good at how do you handle relationships with friends? How do you handle relationships with family members? How do you work through those items and have a, a conversation that is compassionate, caring, you're listening, you're doing all the things that you should be doing. So we, we get to do 
a lot of those employee relations issues in the HR world too. I'm fascinated by that, Nick, because I bet you have a lot of stories. And when we talk to college students about that transition of the workforce, uh, there's, you know, I always often say it's like high school, the work world. You're, you're back in the drama filled, you know, who said what about who? Uh, so is there any any story that I think would be a good learning experience if you can, uh, you know, not say the names to protect the innocent that would help us understand maybe um, what you learned from this experience with some conflict? Absolutely. And there, there's conflict every day in the workplace, truly. I mean, you could, you could think about your coworkers, your departments. We have conflict every day. And one story that, that is, is funny and comes up a lot is probably something you may see in a residence hall. Uh, we, we have, and I've, I've, I've seen this in multiple places, um, and I, I want to tell a light story because I think some of the employee relations stories can get very detailed, very legalistic, and then and there can be a lot of conversations that come of it, but the old fish in the microwave story, and, and that I, I know it's silly, but how do you manage when that happens? And I've had that happen come up multiple times in multiple different offices, and what does that conversation look like? So we've had an employee who likes fish. They bring fish into the workplace. They, they put it in the microwave. Another employee is sensitive to that. So how, how do you, I, that at face value, that seems simple. Well, you know, okay, someone brings fish, maybe they shouldn't bring fish, but can you create a policy or can you create some sort of rule that says, hey, you can't bring fish to the workplace? You probably can't, right? There's, there's no way to tell someone you can't bring a certain type of food to the workplace. So, what do you do? You've got one employee who has a certain type of food they want to bring that they want to have for lunch. And you've got another employee who says, Hey, I, I don't like this. I don't feel comfortable with, with how this feels. And someone brings this to, to my office. Um, and so you have to get creative in scenarios like that, whether it's uh, saying, Hey, I'm going to bring an air purifier and put that in the office, or I'm going to talk to both parties and say, Hey, what, tell me about this. Or is there somewhere else we can do it? Um, Obviously, working in human resources or in any business environment, you're going to have interesting stories and conflicts between people. Um, and that's something that, that you can learn a lot from even when you're in college because you're going to have conflicts with your classmates. You're going to have disagreements on how you handle a group project. Um, and it could be a really simple one like the story I just told, or it could be a really complex issue. Um, but how you work through that is always fascinating. You're right. It's, it's very fascinating and can be very challenging. And I think that is, is something for us to think about is the, the way that our behavior impacts other people. So let's transition to talking a little bit about your journey. Sure. I know you studied business and journalism when you were here at NC State. Did you think that you would end up in this role today? Not at all. Not at all. I, I was fully intent on being a journalist when, when I was at NC State. Uh, as I was getting close to graduating, the economy was changing and it was changing quickly. The stock market was starting to tank. There, there weren't as many jobs out there and print journalism was dying. And, and so I, I had to take a step back in, in 2007 and say, all right, do I need to change a career path? Despite doing something that I, I knew I really liked and felt that I was good at. Um, so when I took a step back, I tried to look at what were things that, that I enjoyed doing and what were things that, that I was good at. And, and after 
doing some of that self-evaluation, I decided to pick up a business degree, which NC State has a wonderful uh, business school. And it was it was great for me. And it was a great fit for what I wanted to do. So I, I stayed on the communication track because I was so far along. I kept that degree, finished it up, and then I added uh, a business degree. And, and it was at that point where I ended up with an HR internship. So I was very fortunate to to search and find a role that was tied to my degree. Did that for, for the last year I was in school and finished with a business degree from NC State. Uh, and then to, to make a long story short, after I finished school at NC State, I was looking for a job. And, and as you know, 2008 was not a great time to be searching for a job. So I searched for a job and uh, couldn't find anything that, that was in HR, anything that I wanted. I was offered a sales job and I, I didn't want any part of sales. That, that was not something I was comfortable in or, or felt that I would be very good at. So I ended up going to grad school in 2008 to continue my education in HR. And so this is a, a very interesting direction that you switched over to. What do you think is a key component for your success that you would recommend to undergrads that may be still unsure about the direction they want to go? Sure. Part of it, I think, is just being comfortable with that, being comfortable with with having some things in life that you're just not going to be sure about that you know can change. Uh, because for me, it was tough. I think when I when I looked at that time, it was really hard for me to take a step back and say, this may not go the way that I wanted it to go because I was so set on being a journalist and I was so set on having this defined career path. But I, I think after I took a step back and became comfortable with it and said, okay, this could change. I, I could do something different and I could be successful in something different. It helped me. But I think in today's world, it's very similar. There's just, it's a quickly changing environment. We, we don't know what, the economy is going to look like in six months. We don't know what jobs will be out there in six months. So I'm sure for students, you know, that's difficult because they're, they're looking at a world where something they're, they're planning to do may be very different in six months or it may look different in six months. So just being able to change and being willing to change. That adaptability is key. And as you think about the, the advice you have for students that are moving into a professional setting, are there any tips that come to mind that you think are really helpful? You've interviewed so many people and hired uh, uh, so many. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the three things I think are, are so important. One is responsiveness. I think if, if, you, if you make a connection with someone, and, and they're reaching out to you or you're reaching out to them, be responsive, follow up right away. Um, and when you, when you get in a role or you start meeting with folks and you start, whether it's an internship or a, a brand new job, show that you're helpful and friendly. Uh, I think those are, those are things anybody can learn a skill. Anybody can learn how to do a job. I think you, that, that's what NC State is helping teach you, right? You're, you're learning a certain skill and, and how you, how you perform a function, but what can separate people is just showing that you're helpful, you're friendly, you're going to go the extra mile to help help someone. And my favorite thing is just being a, a good listener. And I, this is one of my favorite stories about being a good listener. Um, I, and I, I tell this to everyone. I, it's hard for me to be on this side. You, you ask such good questions, and it's always hard for me 
because I feel like I'm usually the one asking questions and, and, and learning about folks. But one of my favorite stories is it's about this, this room full of people and this group talks for, for a couple hours. And at the end of this session of this group of people, they go around and ask every person, who was the most interesting person in the room? And overwhelmingly, everyone focuses in on this, this one individual. And, and they say, well, what, what was it about him? What did you, what did you learn about him? And everyone's like, well, not, we don't know anything about him. We actually didn't get any of his stories. And, and the reason was he was the one asking questions of everyone else. And, and I, I, that story is fascinating to me because I think that is, people love telling stories. People love talking about themselves. Um, and, and, and that's, I think being able to ask good questions can really help you. So if you're in a job search, you're looking for a role, obviously you have to talk about yourself and talk about your background and your experience, but be inquisitive to those people you're meeting. Ask about them. How did they get there? What's their story? Follow up on those questions. And I think that that will make people look back and remember that conversation they had with you. That's a really interesting thing that people took away. The interesting person was the one who put the spotlight on them. So they were great listeners, like you said, and asked great questions. So it's that's kind of why I like doing the podcast. So on to the next question. What was the biggest transition you had coming out as a college student? Maybe fears you had about the work world that perhaps didn't or did materialize? Sure. I, I felt like when I was in college, and, and I this is probably different for for everyone, but when I was in college, I always felt like there was something on the horizon. So you, you had a class, then you had a project and then you knew you had homework and then you knew you had a reading that you had to do. And if you were working, you knew you were going to that job. You always had something that even when you left class, it wasn't over. And when I entered the, the workforce, what was really interesting was I went to work and then I got home and I was like, what do I, what do I do? I'm, I'm home. I don't have, I don't have homework to do. I don't have activities. I, I can, you know, I don't have all these planned events that I had before. And so I, I wanted to find time to where I could do things that I really wanted to do. So I think finding some kind of hobby, something you enjoy was important because you have been for so long, whether it's in high school or college, you've had this structure in your life, whether it's going to class at a certain time, having homework, whatever it may be. And when you finish and you enter the workforce, it's, you know, you're working eight to five. There may be things you're addressing after five, but you have all this free time where you, you don't have homework. How, how, so I think being really thoughtful in how you use that time, whether it's learning a skill, getting a hobby, doing something that you've always loved that you want to continue doing. That was a big change for me was just having that time where it, it was my time and it was free time. That's a big piece of advice. And, you know, we're recording this in uh, at the end of August during a pandemic. So there's a lot of people that aren't able to do certain things they used to do. But I've heard a lot of people taking up things that they've never tried, like knitting or reading or doing puzzles, you name it. So what's something you've been doing over the pandemic other than, of course, your wedding plan? Yeah, yeah. Big. <laughs> Well, it's funny. So you didn't ask me what I've successfully been doing because I've tried to put together a garden on our deck. Um, and I've, t I've learned a lot, but it doesn't mean it's been successful. We, we've put out some plants and that has been so much fun to, to try to grow tomatoes and cucumbers. Um, but it hasn't gone well. But I think that's, you know, sometimes it just takes things falling apart. 
And, and that's how you, you learn to get better at those things. But it, I'll tell you, my fiance, she sits here and she does puzzles. She loves them. She is so at ease. And, and everybody's work and life is so much more stressful. I mean, we, we send emails at Duke all the time that, that, that checks in with our employees to see how they're doing because it is a very stressful world and environment right now. And so even if I'm outside on my deck and I'm working on cucumbers or, or trying to grow flowers that I'm not good at doing, there's something about stepping away and just trying something new and having fun with it. And so my fiance does that with puzzles. Um, I try to do that with our, our deck very unsuccessfully. <laughs> well, it's so important, like you said, to break away when we're all working remotely. And I'm glad you have some of those hobbies you can do. And you were mentioning to me too about the wedding that you have in nine days, but you originally had hoped to have a bigger wedding earlier. And I just, oh, my heart goes out to you because I thought about what's the worst thing you could have had planned. And then everything got canceled and it would be a wedding. So how have you pivoted from that and kept a positive attitude? Absolutely. Yeah, that's you're, you're spot on. We, we had a wedding that was planned for 125 people uh, at the Museum of Life and Science. We had all of our family coming in. Uh, we actually had folks coming in from Canada for the wedding. So it was going to be people from other countries and, and we had planned a big event. And when this started in March, we thought September would be safe. We said, all right, we're still six months away. We'll still move forward with our wedding. But I think it was a couple months ago where it really hit us that things were going to look a lot different. And, and we took the approach of we, we can, we can look at this from two different angles. We can say, Hey, this has been really difficult. You know, should we just put the whole thing off or do we make the best of it and say, this really makes a great story later in life. And so we've, we've taken the approach of we're going to move forward with 20 people. What a great story it makes down the line. Uh, and, and we'll have our, our parents there and our siblings there and, and we'll move forward. But I, I'll tell you, it, I, it's funny. I, I've made parallels to um, when I look back at NC State and, and I look back at going to graduate school, those, you know, I wanted to be a journalist and that wasn't going to happen. And so I had to roll with it. I didn't want to go to grad school, but when the jobs weren't there, I said, all right, I have to make the best of whatever that scenario is. Um, and I feel like this is very similar. This was not what we wanted. This was not what we envisioned. Um, and it makes it a lot easier when you, you just laugh it off and go with the flow. Because I think if you don't do that, you're going to be incredibly stressed. And it's already, you know, to be fair, it is already stressful enough. But if you don't laugh off, you know, hey, this is, this is how it's going to be. And this is what we're going to do. And we're going to make the best of it. You can really uh, just dwell on it and then oh. try not to do that. I'm, I'm impressed because I know a lot of our listeners were hoping to do things like study abroad that got canceled and, you know, go to football games, which oh, got sure. canceled. And so there's so many things that can kind of drag you down, but look at you, you're doing this wedding with 20 people and are you going to plan a, a bigger celebration at any time in the future? We are. That's it. And you know, people probably, so we'll do it in a year. And my guess is, after a year of sitting inside and, and not going out to big gatherings, uh, folks will probably want to get out and party a little bit. So I'm sure NC State students can relate to that. And um, that's something that we'll want to do in a year. We'll, we'll play it safe over the next 12 months, not 
keep our distance from a lot of folks and hope that we have a vaccine and some other things that let us have a, a big party in a year with all of our family and friends. Oh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful for that as well. And as we're thinking about, you know, the emotions of life, like the ups of a wedding and a celebration, and then also some of the challenges when things don't go as planned. I'm curious with the work you do at Duke, how do you, how do you recommend people keep their emotions in check at the workforce when maybe things are getting really hard and they feel like they want to cry or they feel like they want to scream? Uh, what, what do you recommend to students on that front? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I, I think we're, you asking the question earlier, what were those things that I'm doing outside of work? What hobbies have I learned? What things have I have taken on? Um, is an important question because I think you just asking that is, is one thing. So I think when, when we have someone that is in that position, um, let's say it's a student that just feels a lot of pressure with everything going on. We have employees at Duke that have children that how are they going to work full time when their children are trying to do school virtually? So I think one checking in with employees and asking those questions that I was talking about before, giving them an avenue to talk about, hey, what, what have you been doing? What's going on for you outside of work? What hobbies do you have? So I think one, checking in with folks, but also making sure they have time for themselves. Because with so many employees or students doing their work from home now, there's not much of a separation between work or school and personal life. Because the computer that I sit on and do my schoolwork or the computer that I sit on and do um, my work for Duke is the same computer I may sit on at night and I still see emails popping up. And so I'm not separating those two items. So I think trying to make sure that we have time. So even if it's blocking out time, can you, can you block out time from six to eight at night to say, I'm going to do something that, that I enjoy, something that I want to do, and I'm not going to do schoolwork during that time period. But I am going to be committed. I'm going to be really committed during those other hours. Uh, I think it's really important. So the two things for me are, one, check in with folks, ask some questions. How, you know, how are they doing? What can we do to help them? And two, make sure they're finding time for themselves uh, to do things because it is a, it is a challenging time. It can overtake you, right? And so as, how many people do you supervise in your role? Yeah, so directly we have a team of about uh, 14 or so, and then we, we have about 80 HR personnel that live out in departments. So that, those are our departments that, do, that work in surgical areas, a lot of our research departments. So they live in the departments, and then we have a service center that I work with. So it's a big group of people with yeah. lots of emotions, and this has just been, I know on our campus, a really hard week because it's the week that we mentioned to students that, you know, they have to leave our resident halls. Sure. And we were on a Zoom call with our colleagues, 30, probably not over 300 of us. We were literally in tears. We were just like so worn out. Is, is that okay to be human at work and to show those emotions? Absolutely. Yes. And, and hope, you know, the you want people around you that, that feel they can do that. And you want people around you that can support you when, when that's the case. And I, I think there is no better time than, than, you know, I think the example you gave this, it certainly wasn't what you all had planned for the year. I, mean, I think NC State had a, I'm sure you had a very different vision for how the school year would play out and, and had a different hope for how it would play out. But I think being able to, to express those emotions rather than just hold them in with all the people that you spend so much time with, 
I think is important. And, and people there are going to hear you. I mean, they're going to listen to you. And I, we do that. You know, I know that, that at Duke in the workplace, we have employees that have things come up in their personal life all the time. And, and we want to be a sounding board for that. And we want people to be able to express their concerns. So absolutely. I'm glad you said that as a, as a person in a, um, in a human resource function, because I, I think that knowing that support is around you and lifting each other up is so important right now. It just seems like this, this whole pandemic has reframed a lot of the shoulds that we had before and we're rethinking it. Absolutely. we're, we're at the time now where I get to ask you the time machine question. Our conversation's gone by so fast. Um, so we're going to zoom into 2040 when we have that vaccine that you talked about. We're all gathering. And what I'd like you to share is what advice you have for the Nick Jeffries of today in 2020. <laughs> what I love this question. I mean, this is such a great question for any environment. You could ask this um, at a uh, gathering of colleagues at a party. This is such a great conversation starter. Uh, What I would tell myself in 2040 is have a plan, have a goal, but be ready to change when things don't go as exactly as as you had envisioned. Because I I feel like there have been so many things that, that I look back on where I'm glad I had a plan because it certainly gave me direction. It certainly put me down a path where I wanted to go. But uh, you're not, it's not always going to go exactly as you, as you, you want it to. So I think what I would tell myself in 2040 is, um, have a plan, but be ready for that, that to change and be comfortable when it does change because it certainly will. Oh, I love that. And and one thing I'll, I'll say, one of my NC state professors told me this and I love this advice. Um, and I, I, I think about it all the time. He, He told me whatever decision you make, it's the right one. And it's so interesting because I think, well, you could, you could make a wrong decision. But the point of that was whenever you make a decision, make it the right one. So go with it, make it the right decision. And I just love that advice because there are things you're going to do where you may look back on and think, okay, I don't know why I did that or why I said that. But whenever you do something, do it to the best you can and make it the right decision. What a great pearl of wisdom for us to close on. Thank you so much for being here, Nick. Awesome. Thank you, Marcy. NC State Career Development Center prepares and empowers students to identify and pursue their career goals. Stop by Pullen Hall to learn more. Thank you for listening to Wolfpack Career Chats, and we hope to see you around campus. Have a packtacular day.